You're listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts, powered by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. We're joined today on the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast by Officer Brad McNamara with the Lunenburg Police Department and his canine partner, Hank. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, happy to be here. So first question I want to start off with, how old is Hank and what breed is he? So Hank just turned six on October 30th, so the day before Halloween, Mm -hmm. and he's a Labrador retriever, but he's the English style. So the English style has like the bigger blockier heads, Uh, they're just bigger dogs. They tend to be, the rule of thumb is they're more laid back, and then you get the American labs, which are more the field labs, Mm -hmm. they're longer and leaner. So like if you watch like a hunting show, you'll see more of an American style. And he is a very bigger dog. How much does he weigh? 90, between 90 and 95, depending on how much snacks the kids give him at school. <laughs> and let's talk about school. Now, Hank isn't your typical police canine. He's actually a comfort dog. Can you tell us a little bit about what the difference is between a comfort dog for the police department and some of your more traditional working dogs that people are used to seeing? So, yeah, the comfort dogs um, go by a couple different names in Massachusetts. Some people call them community resource dogs. Um, some people call them crisis response dogs, and some people call them comfort dogs. Um, but they've blown up huge all over the uh, country now. And, you know, it's people, police departments are now recognizing the benefits of having a therapy dog essentially work with victims of crime, people who are having stress or anxiety issues, um, stuff like that. It, it's, when you think about it, though, they've been doing this in hospitals for how long, right? You go to any of the major hospitals, they bring in therapy dogs all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's police departments are finally adapting to that. And instead of calling it a therapy dog, so it has a, the negative connotation of you need therapy, they have a different word, but it's the same thing. And so Lunenburg has been doing this for a few years now. I understand actually Lunenburg is one of the first departments in the state to start doing this program. We started back in 2018. Uh, to my knowledge, right around then, um, Walpole was starting a program right around the same time, and then Greenfield, they had mass, had like the first in the country, but other than that, it was the three of us way back when. Now, how did that come up in the department that you wanted to start this program? Were you really involved in this process, or how did it all come to be? So, I got this crazy idea. Um, I had trained the dog to be a therapy dog, Mm -hmm. and I was working midnights at the time. I applied for the job as a school resource officer and the community outreach officer, and... I had this dog, but I had already committed to going to the senior center once a month. So I pitched it to the former chief about bringing the dog once a month. He's like, that's fine, it's community outreach. So then they were doing a project on different types of working dogs in a health class. And Dr. Burnham, the new superintendent, happened to be brand new to the district. So I told the chief that they want this class, wants me to bring him in. So it's a perfect storm. The chief had to came down with me, Dr. Burnham was in the building, and the kids fell in love with him. And then from there on, they were like, we want them here more. At the time, the SRO didn't have an office. So mm-hmm. the class of 2018, I think it was 18 or 19, their class gift was they cleaned out an office. The superintendent gave them a conference room in the library, and their class gift was they furnished it for Hank and I. So now like, my office is in the library, and it's a place for kids to just go and relax and vent or whatever they need. How do you feel Hank really improves your relationship or affects your relationship with these students? So he's in the biggest icebreaker you've ever met. Um, I had a student, she's she's gone and graduated now, but she transferred out here from Mattapan. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a letter basically saying when she came out here, her perception of the police was not good. So her first day, she's in the auditorium, she's crying, mm-hmm. and they send, the guidance counselor says, hey, we go see what's up. So me, that's our job. So we went up, he put his head on our lap, and she's a little like shocked. So I explained the dog and everything. 
fast forward a couple of years or the next year by the end of next year I was like throwing her out of my office because she was there every day <laughs> anytime she had a problem she came to see me so she wrote this letter about how she was not a fan of the police in the beginning and at the end they were the people she came to rely on so and it's all because of the dog the dog lets you break down those barriers and lets people start the conversation and when it comes to community policing how do you feel being a part of this program and being able to really help break down those barriers with students and using Hank to help yeah. you it's one of those things that it's the dog is only as good as the person at the end of the leash, right? You have to be able to talk to people, mm-hmm. but dogs will get, I don't care who you are. Most people, you see a dog, and if you say you can pet the dog, things change, and they just kind of relax. And it's scientifically like proven that they, they, level, they lower the cortisol, stress hormones in your brain, and everything just petting a dog. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it, that's how it, it kind of works. So Hank comes with you to the school every day and he's with the students. Does he come on other calls? I know in the beginning you mentioned how comfort dogs and therapy dogs are used for domestic violence and things like that. Is he used for those sorts of calls in Lunenburg as well? So he's been used for those ca- sorts of calls um, in Lunenburg and nationally. So like I do the sexual assault investigations and domestic violence um, investigations like the, the high risk ones um, in Lunenburg. And he'll meet with survivors and victims with me when I have to talk to him or, or certain things. Um, I've had a couple of advocates write letters about per, the, the how the dogs made the victim feel more at ease. It just it helps them. You know, cause if they, it's the craziest thing. You watch them talk. You answer that, ask them questions about things that they never want. They shouldn't have lived in the first place, but now mm-hmm. they have to relive them. And they'll start petting the dog, and they'll look at the dog and answer the dog when you ask them the questions it's like they're talking to the dog it, it's it's something that's like you have to see to believe and that's got to be incredible to know that he's able to have that impact on on these people who have lived through some unspeakable tragedies yeah. just and to have that to have that locally right to have that available to the citizens of lunenburg um or all over the state in the country if someone calls we'll go now when this program first started did you ever see it having as wide of an impact as it has no this was just like a crazy idea i started and it's kind of like taken off but i love it i'm sure your superiors love it as well yeah they they're they're actually so supportive it's it's not even funny so i have nothing but great things to say like if i say hey this town um i had to go to like i would i've gone all over the state hey this town needs this that's fine go or hey i'm going to washington dc for a week okay you can go like they support me 100%. That's incredible. And you mentioned going out to different towns. Um, do you feel that he's really kind of helped expand Lunenburg Police Department's relationship with other communities? Yeah, because there's, I think the breeder that I got him from has donated 20 dogs to departments all over New England. So now, and we've, Lunenburg's been the, the, role, the model for those departments. Wow. So if I need something in any of those towns, there's a dog there, and I know I, know I have someone I can call, or, you know, they've, they've modeled their programs after us and actually I was just on the phone with uh, someone from North Dakota um, helping him set up a program because he wants to model it after us. That's incredible and in an age where community policing is so important how does it feel for you to be able to be a part of this? It's it's good because it just changes the narrative right all you, and all you hear is a negative mm-hmm. and this is just some of the positive stuff um, and you know and we I don't publicize a lot of the stuff I do I only publicize, like if you look at Hank's Instagram, you only see the community outreach efforts. Like mm-hmm. one of my big things is if I'm doing um, some of the mental health stuff that him and I do, it's like radio silence. We don't talk about it because it's it's things that 
shouldn't be shared unless that person chooses to share it. It's, it's not on me to make that decision. Absolutely. And in addition to responding to those types of calls, if there's an emergency call, does Hank come with you on those sorts of calls? And does that change how you approach the scene, having him with you? It depends. So I'm not assigned to patrol. Mm-hmm. I'm assigned to the school. So if I'm if it's school's not in session, um, then I'll take calls as they come in. Um, if there's like mental health calls and schools in session, especially if they do involve kids, we'll always respond. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, we've had people, I've used them to de-escalate people, um, and he's ridden in ambulances with people. Wow. Yeah, so I've had him ride on the stretcher with people before to the hospital. Now, you mentioned that you've actually been training Hank when this kind of idea to have him be a comfort dog for the department came up. Does he have any other formal training to become a therapy dog, to become a comfort dog for the state? So Hank has his, he's a certified therapy dog through Alliance of Therapy Dogs. Mm -hmm. He's a certified um, trauma, psychological trauma response dog through canine first responders. Um, He's got his AKC therapy dog certificate. And then he has his group and individual crisis certificate. Wow. Yeah. So he's yeah. gone through a lot of training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, yes, he's gone through a lot. And I know we mentioned he's gone through a lot of training, but obviously someone at the end of the leash has been through a lot of training as well. Everything he has, I have. <laughs> Just by default. <laughs> now, now, Free, did you ever envision going through all this sort of training um, and, and kind of taking all this responsibility on in addition to your role as a police officer? It's, I enjoy it, but we all talk about how important mental health is, right? So mm-hmm. mental health is, is big in policing, right, for the officers, and it's big with dealing with people in the community. And, you know, you talk about substance abuse disorders, anything, it all stems from mental health. So if we can help people, you know, however we can, that, that's our job, that's, that's what we want to do. Now, when you first got into the police department, when you first wanted to become a law enforcement officer, did you ever envision yourself being able to make an impact in this way? Yes and no, because police officers played a huge role in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my father and uncle were Fitchburg police officers. So that's what kind of pushed me into this career. So I'm like, yeah, if they can do it for me, I can do it for someone else. And, and I, my th- whole thing is if I can pay it forward and just help one kid, that, that's all that matters. And you're certainly helping a lot of kids. I've seen the uh, Instagram, and I know he's got quite a r- amount of followers. And oh, yeah. We were at a ribbon cutting, and it was interesting to see just how many people ran up. But I think there's that perception that it's a working dog. We can't touch him. And then immediately it's, no, you can pet this dog. If you go anywhere in Lunenburg, most of the people in town know. Yeah. Oh, that's Hank. That's Hank. That's <laughs> Hank. Right. Like I can't go anywhere without being known as, you know, the guy that chauffeurs Hank around. Outside of the um, outside of Lunenburg, it's a little tougher because people don't know. But that's why on his vest, we made sure like it's clearly marked Comfort Dog, so people know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you can pet them and stuff like that. And you mentioned that Lunenburg has really kind of been the model for the breeder and, and for other programs now. Do you have a lot of other different departments reaching out to you to ask how the process works um, and how his role is in the community? So I volunteered. The breeder that I got him from donates dogs Yeah. to any de- department across the state or country, essentially, that wants, wants one. She'll work with them. But she's too busy, so... I'm like their liaison, so they'll call me, I'll help them set up a program, get them the policies in place, get them everything, and then once they get everything in place, I'll put them in touch with her and we'll work on getting them a dog. Now, how many different dogs are there currently in Massachusetts? Do you have an idea? Someone told me there's like close to 30 or 40. Wow. Yeah, it's really, really taken off. Like I know the state police have two, the Department of Corrections has four, Mm -hmm. you know, Westminster has one, Amherst has one. Amherst College is getting one bunch of the colleges like Holy Cross, 
Bentley, Merrimack, they all have them. So this is a program that's going to continue to grow and grow. Yeah, yeah. Um, who do we just placed one with East Providence and Somerset Mass. We just placed dogs with. And then there's a bunch of others like uh, Walpole, Wellesley, Dedham. I'm drawing blanks, but there's a, there's a whole bunch of them that have them. So earlier in the podcast, you mentioned that you and Hank had traveled down to Washington, D.C. Can you tell us a little bit more about that trip and what it involved? So after everything that happened on January 6th and stuff like that, um, the Capitol Police, you know, realized, hey, listen, our officers are stressed and, you know, they, their mental health concerns need to be addressed. And then after Brian got um, got killed at the North Barricade, they had reached out to canine first responders um, to go down there and bring their dogs down there and help and work with not only the Capitol Police officers, but the um, congressmen, their staffers, the congresswoman, the senators, everyone. So we spent a week down there. We worked um, the funeral, like the the, the procession when, mm-hmm. when he was lying in state. And then we spent the rest of the week um, just doing mental health work with the officers and you know staffers. And what was the response to having Hank there uh, for those officers who'd been through that traumatic incident? The Capitol Police now have two dogs. So he made such an impact, and the dogs that were down there made such an impact that they went out and got at least one, but someone told me they just got a second. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Now, Hank's gone on some interesting journeys. I understand he actually had a little taste of Hollywood uh, in Lunenburg not too long ago. Yes, yes. I mean, so he goes everywhere with me, and I happened to be taking a detail on um, one of the films that was being filmed in town. So... You know, he got to pose with the people and, and hang out with the people on, on the film and all that kind of stuff. I understand he actually had a piece of uh, Stephen King memorabilia that he walked away yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a crew member was so impressed by him, he gave me um, his rap gift, which was a jacket from Castle Rock and, you know, a tag with it. And So I still have the tag in my office and the jacket's at home. But, yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Now, yeah. let's talk a little bit about Hank's social media. So Hank has his own Instagram page. Uh, when it first started off, did you think it was going to make as big of an impact as it did? So funny story about that. I told the kids I was in school and I said, hey, listen, I want to make a Facebook page for Hank. And the kids looked at me and laughed and they said, don't make a Facebook page. Only old people use Facebook. <laughs> make an Instagram page. So they they helped me set it up. They helped me come up with the Instagram name, and it kind of took off from there. So it was actually the kids in school that like pushed me to do it and helped me with it. Now, I will confess, I do follow Hank on Instagram. My two dogs' Instagram page also follows Hank. Um, and one of the things that I was surprised when I first visited his page was Hank actually has a brother. He does, Wilson. They, they're actually littermates from the same litter. Yeah, they're littermates from the same litter. I got Wilson at eight weeks. Um, and you know, uh, we went up there to get another one, and the stars aligned. And the next thing you know, Hank was ten months old, and we came home with him. <laughs> so Hank was. So you originally Hank was kind of unplanned. So yeah. So Hank was supposed to be the um, Peggy and Dave. Um, they're supposed to be their dog, one of their stud dogs. The problem with Hank was he's too laid back and he's too attached to people. So when all the other dogs were outside, he was spending a lot of his time in the kitchen and stuff. And when Wilson went up there, we, so we brought Wilson, we went to look at some more puppies, and Wilson goes running out in the backyard, Hank comes running out, and they're running around, and like they're inseparable. And that's when Peggy kind of approached me and said, hey, listen, Hank's supposed to be ours, but he's a special dog. Um, do you want him? And then it, everything kind of took off from there. So it's almost like a little bit of fate here. Yeah, he was their first dog. Like he, They had never gotten into like police comfort dogs or anything else like that, and he was their first you know, because we started the program, and now he's he's like their model. So how many years? So it started in 2018. So he's been a, 
therapy dog now for almost four years. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So that's what he that's what he does. <laughs> and I'm sure he so, shows uh, no signs of slowing down with this. No, he sleeps all day. Like, <laughs> so that's the thing. In, in he'll just sleep in the office, and sometimes mm-hmm. the kids, if they need him, they'll they'll sit with him and pet him. And other times, like they just talks amongst themselves, and and they just come in there to relax. So that's incredible. Yeah. And for you, what's the one moment where you think he's made the biggest impact? Uh, he's made a lot of impacts with individuals and people. You know. Um, you know, their perception of police and, and kids, he's changed the way they look at police officers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right up there. I mean, to me, that's more important than my trip to the Capitol, right? The, like just changing one kid's perception and helping that one kid who was on that wavy path kind of get back, you know, get to college and, and stuff like that. But right up there too, like I said, was Washington DC was an awesome trip too. Does Hank have anything coming up on the calendar for appearances? I'd have to check. He's got a busier social calendar than I do. <laughs> like, I mean, we get the tree lighting, but he's always, if, as long as it's not raining, um, he's at all the football games. Like, yeah. we were in the home, he was in the homecoming parade riding on the side by side. Like, he's everywhere I am, he's with me. As a dog owner, I mean, you can tell your dog's personality. You can tell when they really like something. For you, uh, what's it like seeing him interact? Does he really, truly enjoy what he does? So, in the mornings, he gets up. He's the most annoying dog ever. He gets up at 5 o'clock every morning. As soon as that, he eats and goes to the bathroom. He goes upstairs and goes to bed. The second, like he can tell when I go to put on the rest of my uniform, he comes running down and sits by the door because he wants to go to work. And the days that like I have something to do and I, I choose to leave at home, he, my wife says he sits at the door and stares out waiting for me to come home and pick him up. <laughs> so like he gets upset if I go to work and don't take him with him. <laughs> now, I understand his brother has his own special job that he has with you. Yeah, so I pheasant hunt with his brother. Um, and Wilson is, is so good at it. Uh, but he's a little more hyper than Hank. <laughs> so not as laid back. No, no. But they each get their own individual time with you. Yes, yes. So like normally, like this time of year, I'll grab grab Wilson after work. I'll take a couple hours in the morning. We'll go out and yeah, and then grab Hank and we'll go to work. Now, for listeners who want more information on um, the Comfort Dog program with the police department, or if they want to follow Hank on Instagram, uh, where are the different places they can go? So they can, if if they want any information or anything like that, they can always email me at the police department. Um, it's my name B and then McNamara at LunenbergOnline.com. Um, or they can go to uh, Hank's Instagram page, which is, it's Hank the LPD comfort dog with underscores between each each word. Well, Officer Brad McNamara, I want to thank you so much for being here. I want to thank Hank as well. And maybe we'll see, if, can, we, can we get a bark out of Hank? He won't bark. <laughs> he, I don't think he's barked. I think the whole time he's barked is once. And that was because uh, he heard someone playing a dog video out in the library and he like got up and thought there was a dog in the library so he barked like once. Well, if you ever want to uh, have a dog that howls, I've got one that I can let you borrow. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm okay with the no barking. <laughs> Officer McNamara and Hank, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. For more information on this episode, links to other episodes on Podbean, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.